The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. Hey, so excited to have my friend Monica Guzman with us. She has got a new book out, or coming soon, I think in March of 2022 here in two months. I never thought of it that way, how to have fearlessly curious conversations in dangerously divided times. She's a bridge builder, journalist, and entrepreneur who lives her great conversations, sparked by curious questions. She's the director of digital and storytelling at Braver Angels as well as the host of the Crosscut interview series, Northwest Newsmakers. Monica, welcome. Hi, Tim. It is so good to be here. Oh it my is. Gosh. How are you? So good. <laughs> and it's so good to hear your voice. It's been uh, it's been too long, Monica. Oh, my goodness. So great to hear I your know. voice. Thanks for uh, joining us today. This is going to be a lot of fun to have you. And I tell you, you have done so much great work. I cannot wait for your book to come out. And I know this is something that has been a, a passion of yours for, for a long time. But I guess just let's just start there and tell tell our listeners, why did you write this book? And tell us a little more about, about the book. Yeah, so I never thought of it that way, is a book for these dangerously divided times. We all feel it. Something about the division, the polarization, particularly political and social, it's tearing us apart. It's tearing our families apart. It's it's breaking apart our relationships. And we see the effect in our society where it becomes harder to deliberate on what it means to thrive together. So on all these levels, it's just a problem we need to address. And it's my conviction that we don't have to wait for politicians to come along and save us or for the media to get its act together. This is our country and our relationships and our lives. And I have really come around to believing that the medicine is curiosity and not just regular curiosity, that sort of inspiring muse that comes along and sort of gets us going on some delightful question, but what I call radical curiosity, which is curiosity about people and perspectives who are extremely different from you across the divide, even if it feels exhausting, even if it feels impossible, it is necessary. And why is it necessary? Because if you can't get curious across divides in a polarized world, you can't see the world at all. Mm. And we can't solve what we can't see. So time to open our eyes and get brave. Was there a time for you where you kind of had that epiphany where that, that word came to you where maybe for a long time you're like, okay, what I, I know that it, it's something I'm, I'm experiencing it. I'm seeing it. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what it is? It's curiosity. What was it like that? Or what was it like to, to journey and realize that this is such an important thing? Yeah, I, I, I can't think of a lightning moment, but there were certainly different episodes that brought this to light for me. And a lot of them, frankly, came from my career in journalism. Journalists, when we interview, right, we are having conversations that are focused on understanding without judgment. And you start to realize those kinds of conversations have become pretty rare uh, across disagreement. Judgment follows so much of our discourse that it makes it sometimes 
seemingly impossible just to understand where someone else is coming from, just to really listen beyond, you know, the avatar on social media or what have you, or whatever sort of emotions and assumptions begin to get in the way. So for me, one of the big moments um, that you know about uh, yourself, Tim, was um, after I had started the Seattle publication, The Evergrey, uh, me and my co-founder, Annika, ended up partnering with folks in a rural county in Oregon that voted exactly opposite us here in King County in the 2016 election. So King County won 74% for Hillary Clinton, and Sherman County, Oregon, went 74% for Donald Trump. We realized at that time we wanted to put curiosity at the front of our coverage of things that matter to Seattle. And our email um, you know, readers were saying, you know, I want to be curious about folks who voted for you know, someone I think is just abominable and I don't understand, but I don't know anyone who voted for Trump. And, of course, we know Seattle, it is not all liberal and all Democrat, but it's certainly the mainstream and most sort of present and visible and vocal culture. So we, we decided, you know what, instead of just avoiding this opportunity, let's see if we can make something happen. So we did, and we took about 20 people from King County down to Sherman County for uh, a, a half a day of structured conversation. And the biggest thing that I realized from that experience and that many of the folks who went realized as well is that when you get – you actually talk to people who appear to represent for you these 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 awful things, these monstrous things, whatever it happens to be. And this happens on both sides, right? Mm -hmm. It happens across any big divide. Um, when you actually get close to people, you realize there's a lot you don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you took for granted. There's a lot you never thought to ask. I think of assumptions as being answers to questions we haven't asked yet. <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. We make these assumptions and then decide that that's got to be what's going on. And when we are uh, in such polarized times and, and everything's so divided, we, we have to begin by understanding that what we think we see in people we haven't met and haven't talked to, like haven't asked a lot of questions about, or when we do, it's with a lot of judgment, that there's a lot we don't see. Mm. Um, yeah. And the, the other thing I'll mention uh, that you know as well is I'm the proud liberal daughter of Mexican immigrant parents who voted for Trump both in 2016 and 2020. And they and I have extraordinary conversations. And I have gotten to the point where I can say that if I were them, I would have voted for Trump too, even though I am definitively <laughs> not someone who would vote for Trump. But, but we, we've arrived at this, at this level of, of understanding. It's been hard, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it is possible. It is possible. Did you, when you did Sherman County and you took – uh, you know, Hillary Clinton voters down to uh, Sherman County. Did you get much pushback from friends, colleagues? I mean, you were you were named one of the 50 most influential women in Seattle. And and mm -hmm. was there part of you that was like, gosh, you know, I do I want to kind of push the limits on this thing? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I've got you know, I've got some respect in the community. I don't know if mm -hmm. I want to ruffle feathers and 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 open people up to. Uh, other alternative ways of viewing things? I mean, did you get much pushback from friends or colleagues or were you worried about that at all? I, I was worried about it. Um, I, I was worried about it from a number of fronts. It, it, it was certainly a risky thing. And, and we knew that going in, there was a lot that could go wrong. Um, I was 
afraid of, you know, we would all get there and some big, awful fight would break out. People would feel horribly offended. People would act just as monstrously toward each other as they were afraid that the other side would. It was all these kinds of things. And as far as pushback here in, in, in um, you know, in Seattle and among my networks, I think there were people kind of, you know, giving me the side eye going, why are you bothering? What is what is the point? Um, you know, and I, I heard a little bit of that presumption of what what more do you need to know? You know, from some people sort of what more do you need to know? We know exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know exactly why folks, you know, voted the way they voted. And it's for these all awful reasons. And and this seems like a lot of wasted time. Um and, and, you know, and I think there were also folks who, well, and this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Anytime that you cross a divide to ask questions, others might interpret it as a lack of conviction to whatever you're supposed to believe on your side, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are open-minded enough to take these decisions you're making of other people, well, gee, that must mean that you don't, you don't actually, you're not actually committed to the values on your side. You know, mm-hmm. especially when everything is so high stakes. Right. And so I what I will say, though, is that no one actually told me that, but I feared it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've learned, I think, in the years since, because that trip was in 2017, is that a, a lot of this, um, a lot of the blowback that I expected would come from being very open and curious about the other side hasn't, hmm. <laughs> which makes me realize this is easier than we think, hey, and it is less scary than we think. I love that. Yeah. I love that because I be, I think so many people. I mean, we just as as humans, right? We have that that natural kind of fear factor, right? Of like, oh man, you know, like should I go off script here, <laughs> right? And yeah, and yeah. and dive into learning about some things that maybe uh, my friends may not like or so. Monica, I, when you look at the book, and and if you could have say one dream <laughs> and say, you know what, this is, this would be my dream. I, I would love for people to walk away with this. Um, what, what would that be? It would be asking one more curious question of someone they don't understand than they would have otherwise. And that may seem really small, but what I've come to believe is that small steps toward being more curious in each of our lives is really all this takes. It's, it's being at the edges of your comfort zone and stretching them just a bit more. I, I just think, I just think even, even that incremental steps in each of our lives toward being more curious about people and perspectives we don't understand will make a world of difference. Yeah. I, I, I gotta believe there were times where, you just like, oh, you, you get stretched to the limits on something, something that you're passionate about, something you believe in. And you're like, I don't, can curiosity really help this thing? <laughs> Was there, I, because it happened, right? It happens to us. I mean, you and I, we've, uh, we've done some, some work together. You are just incredibly instrumental in the founding of Together Washington, the summit we did right before COVID in Seattle. And I mean, you have, uh, I mean, you've just been instrumental and we've had numbers of great conversations around this. And and even like there's times, right, where you just you get discouraged and you're like, oh, my goodness, you get pushed to the limit. I mean, what's that been like for you as particularly as you were writing 
uh, the book, and I'm sure there were times, mm-hmm. and you were writing it during COVID, right? When when divides yeah. even got more, uh, you know, deeper, and the chasm seemed like there was there there was more room there. What was that like for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as th- this being the time to write this book was really interesting. I mean, we're we're talking right now on January sixth, right, 2022. It's one year after. Uh, what what many consider to be a severe rip, right, in in the fabric of our institutions and and our trust in each other, um, with the events at the U.S. Capitol last year, and there there have been um, severe challenges to the idea that our democratic republic is steady and stable, and lots of blame to go around. Um, not to mention, obviously, you know, protests over racial justice, over policing, but also the pandemic and the way that it pits these different values that we hold dear as Americans, right? Like economic well-being, um, but also public health and a way that we take care of each other, freedom and agency to make one's own choices about how we deal with, you know, <laughs> this, this incredible event. Um, so my goodness, like, and, and then at the same time, at the same time, what becomes hardest is in-person conversation, which <laughs> during the pandemic, right, with everyone at home, everyone staying away, right now we're going through a surge where it seems like every other person I know is getting, you know, notices of exposure to Omicron. It, it, we, we are, it's as if our growing fear of each other sort of manifests <laughs> in mm. this in this very real physical epidemic. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> well, here's, hey, here's, a, here's a case study, Monica. Let's, let's try a case study. So how, would, mm-hmm. how could we, um, you know, take the principles of the book uh, to, to this day, right? January 6th. So mm-hmm. like on my Facebook feed today, right? I, I've seen um, very, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, opposite, uh, viewpoints. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've seen, so I've got friends who, who, you know, they're a lot of them are posting, Hey, this is worse than nine 11. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this is worse than Pearl Harbor, a day that will live in infamy. Right. I mean, you have that. And then I've got mm-hmm. other friends who say, no, this, this was not that this, this is yet a few yahoos who, you know, who, you know, had a hat, funny hats who walked into the Capitol. And, and by the way, yeah, the election was stolen. So um, so there you go. Right. So you've got these two like in, I mean, very uh, disparate groups. How can we take the principles if we took, let's say, two people from each side and mm-hmm. and brought them together? How How could we at least take these principles from the book and and work work it out? Yeah, I I would say one thing I would do with with two people from each side being brought together, what they're going to want to do is immediately fight, argue, and defend their own side. And that is what we all do. That's our default because we feel attacked and things are very high stakes, and that's what we do. But what I I would do is I would say, "Let's, let's please share our genuine concerns. Like, let's not spend a lot of time on <laughs> the opinions right now. Let's look behind the opinions. So, you know, this side, tell, tell me what, what concerns come up for you around the conversation uh, about January 6th, you know, whether it's what you see happening in DC and the conversation 
uh, among our politicians, um, what you believe uh, is going on with our larger American society, or how it affects you uh, as a citizen and as a resident of the United States. Like, just, just, just put them out there. Put, put down your concerns, right? And so I would have, I would have them listen to each other. What will happen? is that someone will start saying a concern and the other person on the other side will want to jump in just as soon as something uh, irks them. And the trick is don't do that. Listen, listen. And when they've stopped talking, the next question is anything else? Keep, keep those concerns coming. Keep, keep that window open or you're, you are looking to what is truly sort of beneath the opinion. And then when, Everyone's had a chance to do that. I guarantee that the conversation changes. Hmm. And um, we, we are getting caught up in a lot of things that make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of them is, for example, uh, there, there's a lot of argument about facts, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this is the facts. No, those are not the facts. These are the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, the thing is, the truth is that truth is more than facts, first of all, and that people's interpretations of events are extremely informative and illuminating. And folks on one side are going to want to say, we have a monopoly on the interpretation. There is only one, right? Now, I, I want to pause and say, you know, with something like January 6th and many other things, it's not like we can say, oh, yes, all interpretations are equally correct. Of course not. That's why I'm saying we get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting caught up on who has the facts, who's calling this an insurrection, who's calling it a riot, who's saying it was just a protest, who's saying it was just democracy at work? No, no, no. Let's get beneath that. What is it that we're afraid of? What is it that we're worried about? Let's leave, let's leave the linguistics aside because they're getting in the way. Let's talk to each other as Americans. You know, let's talk to each other as family members and as neighbors. Yeah. And it- and understand that we share a lot of these concerns. That's so good. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I mean, you bringing up some points that uh, it, it, this is in some. It, it's an exciting time to live, but it can be infuriating because I don't remember another time, and I don't know about what you would think or say about this, Monica, mm-hmm. where you're just like sometimes I'm not even I'm not even sure what to believe, right? About yeah. um, what's true and what you know the, the the whole fact checker thing, and then. And then it actually comes out that the fact checkers were wrong and then they're fact checking the fact checkers and then they're, you know, the misinformation. The di- and then and every side is saying, no, that's disinformation. No, that's disinformation. Right. No, that's disinformation. No, that's disinformation. Right. And now my head yeah. is spinning right now, Monica. How do yeah. we do this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what's happened with misinformation, disinformation is unfortunately like everything else in the swirling vortex of a divided society, it gets weaponized as something to attack the other side. This is, this is what I, I ultimately want you know, more folks to kind of recognize is happening, is that with this context, almost everything, <laughs> everything that is about what is true and what is happening is going to get weaponized by some force of our discourse, right? And so we have to have the tools to counteract that. So, so I think it begins with that acknowledgement that, that yes, you know, Somebody can very easily call something misinformation or disinformation, mostly because they, well, they just disagree with whatever is being said. And that's valid. I mean, that's fine. Disagreement is what builds this country. But again, can we hear the, can we hear the heart of the issue underneath? Can we see that we may not disagree as much as we think? Um, you know? and, can we, and can we unhook ourselves from, 
from these statements, these lines we draw in the sand, right, that make us so scared of, of the other side, that because they use this word or because they call this thing this thing, they are now not worthy. Um, they are now not even worthy of my bearing witness to their story or their experience. Mm. Um, I think that's a very dangerous place to be in um, and one that we have found ourselves in because for very good reason, which is that we want the truth. We want the truth to be valuable. Um, but what happens in a polarized world is we all, you know, get in our silos and our silos dig us deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper down. Um, and everyone thinks that they see the truth. But the truth is that the only way to see the truth is to turn to each other to hear it. Mm. it we have to do that, not just find the right news sources. No, turn to each other. Yeah. Turn to those surprising voices and make sure you get that input, too. And that's the work you're doing with Braver Angels. And maybe just... Maybe some of the folks don't know about Braver Angels or have heard about it. Tell, tell the folks about Braver Angels and, and the work you're doing with that, because I think that's super exciting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, love, I love working at Braver Angels. So Braver Angels is the largest cross-partisan grassroots organization in America that is dedicated to depolarizing America, to, to strengthening our democratic republic by opposing these 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 toxic divisions in our politics um, that are you know going down to the root uh, of our of our lives right and um, Braver Angels does some incredible things among what's worth mentioning is they have um, 74 local alliances in cities and towns all around the country each of those local alliances by charter must be led by um, people who are who lean blue, blue uh, meaning liberal, or who lean red, meaning conservative. So they, they have to have equal red-blue leadership. And I got to tell you, I have, I have <laughs> since joining Braver Angels' uh, national leadership team, I have met some incredible people who are involved in local alliances, everywhere from, you know, rural Arkansas to right here in Seattle, and the commitment that people have to making a difference. They, they put on events. They put on workshops. Nationally, we offer uh, workshops such as our Depolarizing Within workshop, which is very popular, our Red-Blue workshop, where people who are blue and people who are red get into the structured conversation where they ask each other questions that actually get them to understand where the other side is coming from or where these individuals at least are coming from. And um, we, there was a Brown University study that showed that hostility to the other side uh, decreases after the Red-Blue workshop. Um, some pretty remarkable impacts that wow. I have seen um, from people going through some of these exercises. We also have our signature Braver Angels debate program. So the kinds of issues that you think are impossible to talk about, it's possible to talk about it no. No. <laughs> with people who disagree just incredibly. The, the trick is to come at it with the right posture um, and, and to know what listening actually looks like. We've got Monica Guzman with us, who's got a incredible new book coming out March 2022. I never thought of it that way. How to have fearlessly curious conversations in dangerously divided times. Monica, how can folks, uh, they can pre-order already, right? Um, where, That's right. Where can they do that? Where can they get a copy of this book? Yeah. So if you go to moniguzman.com, uh, that's my website, M-O-N-I-G-U-Z-M-A-N.com, uh, you will find pre-order links 
right there. Um, but, you know, it's available on Amazon and your local bookshop website and all kinds of places. So, yes, it is available and coming out March 8th, 2022. I love it. Can I get an autographed copy, Monica? Heck, yes, you can. Right. Of course you can. You don't even have to ask. You know you can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, Monica, you, so you're also doing uh, the Crosscut interview series, Northwest Newsmakers. You co-founded the Evergrey uh, you got a lot on your plate right now. I mean, this is, and now you're going to probably be uh, going on a book tour. I mean, how, how are you feeling right now? Oh, really excited. Really excited. Um, yeah, there's, there's going to be, uh, you know, COVID allowing <laughs> all kinds of trips across the country. Um, you know, a, a, an event in DC that's going to kick things off uh, that week and uh, here in Seattle, of course. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm really excited. I think that these things matter so much. Um, <laughs> this is, you know, how we talk about them and how we live together is um, is so much of the foundation of everything that we do and how we find meaning in our lives. And again, I just I just know that these tools and these methods, as as scary and as difficult as they seem, um, just aren't. Yeah. They're they're really not. But there's a lot at play right now <laughs> yeah. that 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 keeps us divided and that we can fight. The thing that for me is so compelling about uh, you and your story is, is, is multi-layered because I, I really, I, and I'm sure, and I know the book will dive into this and, and it's just, you know, your story with your family, right? I think that's one, that's one component, right? Like that I, in my view is just really powerful, right? That you're, and you, and you brought this up before of how, you know, you've got different views than your parents, but but really, because your family's close, right? And you're and you're really trying to lean into this and understand each other. And I think there's a that component is powerful. And then also just the component of being, uh, you know, uh, a Mexican immigrant having dual U.S. Mexico citizenship, and and just having these these perspectives and views that um, I think really broaden our horizons. And hearing that to me, that's just really powerful. Can you? Can you just share a little more of how that you think has informed you? Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny that you bring you bring this up. Um, you know, I, I do think of myself as a bridge builder, and particularly in divided times, I see more and more folks, you know, across industries, yourself included, you know, refer to ourselves as bridge builders and sort of like, what does that mean? And one thing that I've observed is that some natural bridge builders, or at least a pattern that I see among many folks who identify this way or pursue this work in some fashion, is that there is something in their identity that is already pulling them in two directions, and they cannot resolve it. And because they cannot resolve it, um, they kind of know that bridge building is possible because they're doing it every day. Um, My colleague at Braver Angels, John Wood Jr., is half black, half white. One parent was Democrat. One parent was Republican, um, you know, ran for office as a Republican, but but holds this sort of life story that allows him to really see across the kinds of gulfs that divide us, because, again, it's contained in his own story. Um, so myself as an immigrant, you know, as a loving daughter of parents that I will never disown <laughs> and I will never treat with condescension, uh, which which can be the default here. Um, it, it just it it. It can help sometimes to have something in our own stories where we can see complications, right, to whatever narrative tends to be out there about this group is X and that group is Y and the the twain shall never meet and shall never get along. It's like, actually, Mm -hmm. (laughs) American society is full of examples 
yeah. of extraordinary blending that that benefits us all. Yeah. That that's what true diversity is, right? Um, you can't. There's a there's a great thinker Ibu Patel who says it's not just the diversity you like, right? Certain kinds of diversity tend to be on stage at any one time in mainstream society. But the truth is, we want ideological diversity, we want racial diversity, we want national diversity, we want you know as many experiences kind of mixing up in our society. But the only way that we can access the richness of the diversity that so many people bring is to be open to it and yeah. not be scared of it. Yeah, actually, I. My my view, and this is, you know, I've shared this a few times here on the program, and, you know, I've talked about it with Pedro, Pedro, our producer, who's from Argentina, and and Pedro, you give, you know, share your thoughts here, too, but, you know, I, I've mentioned this where I, I think, as I look at America and I see, my goodness, where are we headed? What am I, you know, what are our kids going to face and see in 20 years if, if, if this doesn't turn around, you know, with, with the direction that we're headed? But I, I think actually our country is going to get restored by immigrants. Um, that that's a that is one view I've got because I think a lot of immigrants who come here who they they love America, right? Like I mean, Pedro, mm-hmm. Pedro, you've talked about this. You know, you came here, you just you you love America, um, and you want it, you want the best for America, and and you have this voice and this perspective that. When I when I hear that, when I hear what you know you experienced in Argentina and why you left Argentina, and and when I hear those stories and and I hear the the love and the passion, and I think America needs to hear those stories because it it bridges across. It's not just a, it's not a Democrat story, it's not a Republican story, it's a it's a human story, right? And right. I don't know, Peter, do you have do you have thoughts about that? No, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, people like Monica are the people that are going to change this country for sure. I mean, they're mm-hmm. passionate. They know where their parents lived, and uh, they have that idea in the background, and they will change this country. I mean, this country is perfect as it is, but it needs some readjustment now, and people like Monica mm-hmm. will do that. Yeah. So, Monica, as you know, we look at you know this, this book coming out now and you know the work that – um, you know, you're doing with Braver Angels. What is the what does the next year look like? I mean, you'll you'll have, the book will come out. I know I hate to even skip over, you know, to kind of fast <laughs> forward, but I'm I'm curious if if see, I'm curious, Monica. If <laughs> Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> if yes. if you thought about, you know, the next year or two and maybe what what direction you might go. Oh man. Yeah, I mean this is going to be an election year, right? We have we have the midterms coming up. Whatever elections come up, everything gets more intense, and already high stakes climate gets even more high stakes. And in a lot of ways, um, we we are all sort of collateral damage to a battle for power, uh, political power that where where the battlefields are our attention, our phones, our media, all of this. So I intend to be very alert um, to how how to help. Um, how, how to help people see their own power, um, how, to, how to help people see, period, uh, including myself, right? We're all going to be tempted to make quick judgments and to just want to push things in one direction. And that is a perfectly natural and wonderful thing, but, <laughs> but let's, let's stay open. Let's get curious. Um, and after that, man, I, I, I just have a lot of hope, right? I, I have a lot of hope that Braver Angels, um, the, the movement of Braver Angels is growing. I love being a part of that growth. And I think it has a huge future. Um, 
One of the initiatives that Braver Angels just launched is called Braver Politics. And so we're taking everything we've learned at the grassroots level and bringing it into the halls of power. So we're doing the workshops that I talked about with sitting legislators, um, not just in the U.S. Congress, but in state houses all over the country. So my goodness, like (laughs) I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to more of our elected officials who can candidly tell me and each other and work with each other and say, you know what? We have a toxic workplace. We have a dysfunctional environment where it's very hard to govern. But now we have help. Mm. And it turns out I really think that citizens and elected officials can work together um, to to make make all of this just more productive and more functional for, for all of our sakes. So you're right. I have a very full plate. <laughs> it's going to be very, very busy. And I'd also love to write another book because let me tell you, I, I could have written 10 of these. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a lot to say in this universe of, uh, of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Monica, what a what a joy and a, a privilege to have you today. And I know our listeners were super encouraged and are going to check out this book. Again, it's called I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. You can pre-order it today. And again, Monica, say the, uh, your is it moniguzman.com? Is that what it is? That's right. com is my website. M-O-N-I-G-U-Z-M-A-N.com. You'll find pre-order links uh, to your favorite bookstores and booksellers, uh, whichever one you want. It is uh, available for pre-order all over the place. So check it out. Wonderful. Monica, so great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the program today. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. Have an awesome, awesome week. You too. Take care. That was Monica Guzman with an incredible new book coming out. And uh, check that out. I, I guarantee you, you're going to be uh, encouraged to uh, to look at that. She's just an incredible person with uh, a lot of uh, just a lot of hope. 